So why, why Christmas? Well, because, well, all sorts of reasons. I mean, the, the reason why I got the idea was, was literally my son going back to my questions asking me what Father Christmas was like as a boy because he's uh, very he's got lots of questions he totally believes in magic totally believes in Father Christmas but he's got he has lots of questions about it he's just just sort of fascinated by understanding it and and one of his questions was what what was Father Christmas ever a boy and then I said oh yeah he he, he must have been and then he said what was like Father Christmas and so my book is the kind of answer to that the reason why I wanted to write it at that point was partly to do with reasons to stay alive, partly because I'd just written a book about um, myself, and, uh, the darkest sort of period of my life. The writing of that hadn't been too hard, but I knew I was going to um, spend a year talking about that in bookshops and at events and stuff, and having about these public therapy sessions. So, <laughs> I, you know, to keep me sane and to keep me happy, I thought, you know, what is the happiest, sort of most fun I can have in writing right now? You know, and writing an origin story for Christmas um, seemed to be the, the one that was there. And it, 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 it's, uh, it, was, it was just trying to write a, you know, because I, I like to think that um, Reasons to Stay Alive is an optimistic, hopeful book, but it's still obviously in its nature reminding me of dark time. So I just wanted this to be a book which um, yeah, just made people happy. Well, obviously um, recognising darker side of life, but yeah, just, just a book that expressed the joy and goodwill of Christmas. And I think, um, you know, I, I get quite nostalgic for childhood in many, many ways, and Christmas in particular seems to be a childhood within a childhood, doesn't it? It seems to be the, the essence, and I can remember that feeling. And I think we almost mark our journey to adulthood. We can mark it in feelings towards Christmas, you know, that, that fading away as a teenager, and then that sort of Christmas meaning almost nothing except maybe getting drunk when you're in your 20s. And then, you know, with children it can come back, and it's coming back a bit, but, you know... I long to reclaim that feeling. And, I, and it might partly be a, a belief in magic and feeling quite close to magic. You know, it's not just about presents. You know, no matter what I got for my birthday, it was never the same as Christmas. Right? There is something different. And I'm not a religious person. I, I was sort of raised with parents who are at the very, very loose end of C of E. Okay. They're, they're between atheists and... Yeah, they, you know, they go to church at Easter and Christmas, but they never really talk about religion. Did you believe in... Um, it's a book about belief and, yeah. and different kinds of... different sort of levels of belief. Did you believe in Father Christmas or, or, or Christmas? Or what, what I was really late. I was, re- I was 11 at secondary school when I stopped believing. And it was a teacher who told me... And I knew that other people didn't believe. I knew it was a thing to not believe. And I knew my younger sister didn't believe. And my younger sister went on me. So it's a different thing. It wasn't just that if other people believe it, he can't possibly exist. It was actually it was a personal it was a thing stu- for you. It was a stubborn, you lost a it. stubborn faith that I, that I, that I believe. And for, for the last 
bit of a <laughs> the final bit of confirmation that it didn't exist was a, a teacher at my school at a near a Christmas assembly um, in my first year of secondary school when you were still called first years um, saying um, obviously by now you guys all know that Father Christmas isn't me and I was like oh yeah, yeah, yeah I know that yeah Dying inside. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I totally, I totally believe. I still believe. Seems ridiculous at eleven. Because I wasn't, I wasn't like, I wasn't. No, I was reasonably a clever eleven-year-old, but I totally believe. But it was just a where you want to believe in something enough. It is like a religion, I suppose, from my secular agnostic sort of perspective. And it's, yeah. And I, I think in a in a way, Father Christmas is real, and because the belief is real, and it's the belief, it's the belief that causes the presence to be there. So, um, it's that life and die thing, isn't it? The, the, the belief becomes the reality. So I was going to ask that in a way we can believe that we can... I can sit here and say I don't believe in a yes. person. <laughs> really? But... <laughs> You're breaking my heart. <laughs> but I can believe in some in the, these ideas, and I was wondering what what would those ideas be for you? I mean, if you were going to say, it's, yeah, uh, your belief would construct Father Christmas rather than there's this external person. What who, what would he? What do you want him to represent? Oh, selflessness. You know, because the presents aren't for Father Christmas. It's the act of giving. And, and the idea of um, yeah, all, all, everything we, we worry about about reality, you know, like Father Christmas stops time. You know, he has to to, to deliver. All You're tweeting about t- this idea of time. What stops time? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think it's just because I've turned forty, so I'm, I'm I'm ready for my midlife crisis and I'm feeling time and. Um, yeah, and having kids makes you think about time because you don't notice years pass. You don't have markers, but with kids growing up, they grow. Up how old are you, How old are yours? Um, very nearly eight, seven and six. Definitely go. And um, yeah, so so I think time is a big thing for me. But Father Christmas, he doesn't age. And he has the power to, he must have the power to stop time to do that. You know, so you have to believe that he stops time. And he, 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 he's, a, he's an outsider figure because he's a, a, a kind of human in a non-human world, you know, the elf kingdom. And so I'm always drawn to outsider figures. He's a superhero, you know. Is there a bit of, I kept thinking, sort of like, there's a, the narrative was slightly Batman begins that he he the, the narrative is he goes and he gathers there's the there's the red hat yeah there's the rainbow. yes it has yes. that sort of it has yes. the, the origin story yeah. yeah yeah totally I thought yeah I I, I was um, paying homage to the kind of you using those things in, in those sort of Marvel DC comics movies. Um, which I don't always like, but but using it for a sort of superhero that I really believe because I was never I loved Superman, but beyond that I was never really a sort of superhero person. But um, 
Yeah. Actually, red costume, Superman. There is a link there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, and actually, I like the challenge of trying to write that. Because his father Jorel, and yours is Joel, but no, so I'm overdoing now. Jorel.
most of what we are, but why not? Why not focus on them and try and make them more? Of what it's it's and, this, and this isn't this isn't sort of comment about depression because you don't have a choice about it. But there's a point about if you can get to the point where you can choose more control over your life, that what you can either you can you can be positive and, and optimistic rather than yeah and I think I think also there is that because like in depression you become pessimistic because you, you think you're never going to get over it you think life's going to get worse you're at the bottom of the valley so you're not seeing everything clearly and then there is a kind of Try, you know, I, I still think my greatest achievement is overcoming depression. I will always think that because I was at such a place and it could have gone wrong in so many ways and it didn't go wrong. And so it does give you a slightly sort of triumphal feeling of doing that. And any, you know, and I speak to other people and it's the same thing. Um, and it, so, so it does give you, it changes your view slightly, it changes your political view, it changes your moral view, it cha- changes, changes your idea on life and it, 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 you know, it makes you believe in, I won't use the word a soul, but it makes you believe in a self, it makes you believe that there's something imperishable about a human being. Is it magic again? It's magic, yeah, I think so. I think it is a magic. Well, if you think of magic being just anything good that we don't understand, there's a lot of magic. And there's a lot of things about us. And there's a lot of our brains that we don't understand. I mean, you know, brain science is still in the dark ages. I realise researching reasons so alive. And I've spoken to, like, Henry Marsh, a brain surgeon, about it and stuff. And, you know, he says that depression is a mystery of it. But there's so much mystery. And, um... And everything is probably possible with the right science. So every, every, you know, and in and and science is getting more logical. Science, you know, quantum physics and stuff, um, and multiverse theory, and the idea of infinite possibilities, and everyone, everything being connected. And all that's quite magical. It's much more magical than like just a theory of relativity. So I think everything's unraveling, and there's certain, you know, science. Is where the poetry is now because you know that's where the, we're in this Alice in Wonderland world where everything we thought on you is upside down. So yeah, I I I I I, I do believe in mystery and magic. Now.